0: Um, good morning, my brothers and sisters in Penang. Uh, we bring you greetings from Kuala Lumpur, and uh, I am actually uh, born in Penang, grew up in Penang, but I left Penang when I was nine years old. I came back to Penang when I was uh, sixteen and to study in sixth form in Saint George's. Anybody here from Saint George's? Ah, hello, sisters. And uh, my first. Um, a, you know encounter with the methodist church is actually with methodist Girls' school i was in their kindergarten uh, in you know mgs there was a kindergarten there i don't know whether it's still there and that was the first time i um, i was introduced to jesus christ through the song you know jesus loves me this i know yeah that actually has stayed with me and praise god today i'm here to be able to share with you a very familiar story I think all of us must have heard about it in sunday school and uh, today i'm just glad to be able to bring this to you is all this particular passage has always been uh, a passage that has intrigued me a lot and uh, ever since i was 11 years old and i had to study bible knowledge and read about you know this familiar tale of the paralytic i've always been you know really intrigued by jesus christ so I'm just glad to be here, to be able to just share my heart, what I think the Lord is trying to tell us today from this very simple passage. Let us pray. Father, I wanna thank you today for this wonderful morning that we can come together as your family to worship you. And Lord, I pray, Lord, your word, your, Lord, when you speak, your word never comes back to you empty, but always fulfills your purpose and it will accomplish what you have intended to do father i want to pray lord right now as we have sung beforehand that lord um open our ears lord open our eyes lord open our mouths lord lord let us be hear- not just be hearers of the word but be doers as well in jesus name we pray amen okay let's go uh may we have the slides yeah so it's entitled faith for one another okay well uh, for another so why faith for another okay so we know that the healing of the paralytic is found in three gospels in luke in matthew and in mark very familiar tale okay but it really hit me hard recently now it actually comes back to this particular verse this verse that we find in hebrews and um it's, it's really struck me what Hebrews eleven six actually says. Okay, let's read this together. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, this particular verse, actually, you notice that it doesn't say without faith it is difficult to please him. It doesn't say, without faith, it is hard to please Him. What does it say? It is impossible. So, the first thing that hit me about being a Christian is faith. Faith in this God who can do the impossible, but with God, nothing pleases Him more than our faith. Now, how many of us can truly say that our faith has been tested? Can we, yeah. So if your faith has been tested, then it will not just be one time. It will, for faith to grow, first we get tested in small bits, then it will get stretched and stretched and stretched. So it's not about uh, hard to please God, but faith is the one thing that pleases Him. So let's take a look at this particular story. So I'm trying to put some pictures there so that we can all try to imagine this passage, okay? So we know to start from the scripture reading. Now, Jesus is very busy. He's the celebrity preacher who goes about and then everybody is thronging to him because he can heal, he can teach. So everybody is going there. So Jesus is teaching and now even the Pharisees and all these teachers of the law they are also like you know what is who is this new celebrity pastor and uh we want to see what he's talking about and they also want to police him monitor him why is he saying the things he does all right so they are sitting right there in this house right in the front seat you know that the pharisees they must always have front seat watching jesus and jesus says well he's not afraid he just says come uh, he also wants to preach to these people And show them who he really is So everybody if you read from just this verse Everybody from every village around Galilee They're all thronging into this house This is not a Mega church Imagine a house Everybody is coming in from every village In Judea, Galilee From even uh, Jerusalem And they're coming there to listen to him Of course to be uh, healed as well so uh, and and jesus of course being the son of god he's filled with power <clears throat> and he's also ready to heal they want to, they want him to heal them right now then comes four friends now uh, if you read the other uh, gospels there are some friends so they decide to bring their friend who is paralyzed so they carry him first thing you must think that uh, they're carrying him all right why would they do something like that? They obviously must love their friend, right? Don't you, do you love your friend enough to go and carry him all the way from the house, you know, to wherever he was, and bring him to Jesus? So they were carrying him. And what happened? So they carry him. Why, why are they carrying him? Because they wanted to bring him, to lay him before Jesus. So the hope is where? In Jesus, Right? Their hope is in Jesus So they're carrying him Now Guess what As they approach the place This is like Major traffic jam Human jam Cannot get through Cannot get through The front door Now we as Malaysians We are also quite well known For getting through the back door But in this case There is no back door For us to go through Right There's no back door What do they do Okay The crowd is humongous So they find a way they decide to go up the roof. Now, in the uh, Ju- the old Ju- Jewish houses, it's kind of flat. So, And then they, they have like a parapet at the top. So they will have to go up, you know, the stairs. So don't you think it's very audacious? Eh, going all the way up, what kind of idea is this? Front door, back door cannot, front door cannot. Now let's go through the roof. Now think about it. They have to carry their heavy friend up the roof not just that how after you've reached the roof what can what must you do how to bring him down there's no sunroof you know not like your traditional Penang houses got one hole there in the courtyard and then you just lay him down it's flat so what do they have to do they have to lay bring him down through that roof by breaking the tiles, they have to remove the tiles on top of that roof to bring him to Jesus. So, can you imagine the commotion? Suddenly, Jesus is teaching, teaching, teaching. Suddenly, crack, 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 crack. Imagine the roof right now, crack, crack. And everybody's like, "What's going on in the roof?" Then you see some dust falling down. Then you see, "Ayo, oh, the roof gonna cave in!" Oh, somebody's removing the roof. So every there's a big commotion going on. Just imagine right now we are here. A whole room is filled up with people. And then suddenly you find a whole sunlight coming in and four guys up there. And not just four guys up there. Suddenly you find that they are letting down this man. All right? But what is interesting is this particular verse. When he saw their faith. When he saw their faith. Whose faith? Whose faith? Look carefully when he saw their faith. Whose faith is this? The four men, right? Their faith. And Jesus looks at this man. I mean, I must, I'm just imagining how Jesus must be feeling. He must be very amused. Can't get through front door, get through the roof. He looks up, and this man is coming down, being let down. He looks up. At the four friends and he saw their faith and then he looks down at this man and he says man your sins are forgiven you now this verse has stayed with me for a very long time since I was 11 years old I could not understand as an 11 year old studying Bible knowledge and unfortunately, you know, the teacher was too interested in getting, uh, helping us get our A's rather than helping us to really understand what it really meant to encounter Jesus Christ. Now then comes, now, because Jesus says, you know, uh, your sins are forgiven you, whoa, ruckus. The scribes and the Pharisees, suddenly they get offended. They're not not suddenly getting offended. They've been trying to find fault with Jesus for a long time. He's too famous. Too many people are following him. He could change the whole situation, right? Politically, he is a pain. So they're trying to find fault with him. But this time, it's like Jesus dug a hole for himself. So what was the elephant in the room? The elephant in the room is, who is this man? Because he's saying, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So what is Jesus really trying to say? Actually, Jesus didn't need to say that. He could just have just healed. So in my little 11-year-old brain, I said, Jesus, why did you have to say that? I never really understood until much later in life that Jesus wanted to show them that not only is he a healer, he is god because only god can forgive sins so so jesus because he is god he can perceive what they are thinking so he tells them why do you question in your hearts right which is easier to say your sins are forgiven you or to say rise and walk <laughs> i remember my, i mean, i looked at this i was like of course it's easier to say your sins are forgiven you then and then i realized it's not because nobody can forgive sins so i said neither is neither is easier to say both are just as difficult because human beings can't just rise up and walk so in my little head i was like hmm i said this is really audacious as well both are difficult to say but jesus had to say this and so jesus replies but that you may know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins that was what he was trying to tell them all this while that he's not just a mere man who can heal but he is god himself uh, in the flesh and then he goes on turns to the man and he says i say to you rise pick up your bed and go home so this is where you know the the amazing thing happens so now this man he and the word here is immediately not slowly uh, immediately he gets up before them and he picks up whatever he has been lying down that mat and then he goes home glorifying god wow what a scene so obviously all these people must have known him they know who he was they knew that he was paralyzed but we don't know really very much about him and everybody was amazed and they all glorified God wow what have we seen this is extraordinary okay absolutely extraordinary now so today all of us here we are reading a bible passage my question to you would be how real is jesus in your life is he just a story that you picked up from sunday school is he just a story that you hear on every sunday but is there any reality of that faith-filled life that the four friends had let me ask you the four friends do we have their names they are nameless do we have photographs of them no pictures do we have the face and the name of the paralytic nothing there's a story right so you know when you look back i was really stunned by the first thing that i saw which was the friends and i asked myself how much will i what how what will i do to bring someone before jesus That was the first thing i asked myself because these four men i don't know what is their relationship with this this paralytic we don't know none of us know but one thing is for sure they must have loved him right what do you think so if he is so loved whatever it is you would persevere no matter the obstacle they saw a lot of people they saw it was impossible. In a normal time, if I'm stuck in a traffic jam, what would I do? Turn back, Lord. I cannot, I like, cannot go through this traffic jam. Right? Let's go back. But in this case, if you notice this, they carried on, they persevered. They did it didn't stop them. They were just gonna carry this man because of the hope they have in Jesus. So they did not give in to the to discouragement. They saw that, so they decided to push through. And one of the things about faith is that it involves perseverance. That means in the face of difficulty, we push on, we endure. Now, when we study Hebrews, it's the same thing. You, the call is always for the Christian to endure and persevere. Today in Malaysia, even though we suffer some kind of oppression, you are not in a position, like many Christians in other countries, where they have to go seriously underground, where churches are removed from them or burnt down. But regardless, if you look at China, from underground, Bible cannot be even used in the phone. The Bible app has to be removed. But you know what? Despite all that, Difficulty, despite all those obstacles, what did they do? They have never given up. When we say our faith is being tested and we say, yeah, yeah, my faith is being tested, my friends, you have not seen faith being tested like the China Christians. What if one day we suffer that? Are you going to give up? Are you going to endure and persevere? And the one thing that's going to keep you on and to keep going is your faith in Jesus Christ. That would be the real test. Now it's just a little bit of pain here and there. Second point is that you notice one thing. The most audacious thing these four men did was to have removed those roof tiles. And I sit there and say, hey, that house doesn't belong to you, you know. You're breaking somebody's house. You've got to pay compensation, you know. When you put back those tiles, uh, it may not be, you know, it, what happens if the roof were to leak and all that? Yeah, but they will only focus on one thing, to get that man to Jesus. That's the main focus, right? So they broke through that roof. <laughs> i read, read that, I was like, what would I do to bring someone to Jesus? Would I be ready to break that roof? Would I destroy that roof just to bring one person to Jesus Christ? Well, that was exactly what those four men did. So, sometimes we need to relook at how we do things. Maybe destroy is a very difficult or maybe harsh word. Maybe we could say we need to remove some of the old. Yeah. So we need to remove and relook and we've got to think outside the box in order to bring people to Jesus Christ. It may not be the normal way when we do mission or evangelism. But definitely we it is not wrong to think of brave and audacious ways. And they did not like, you know, ah oh yeah, we fall through the roof because we climbed up. No they intentionally broke that roof. So that was very, very shocking to me, right? So in order to bring transformation, we all, you know, most of us like who are in intercession, we were doing prayer ministry, sometimes we want things to be comfortable for people, but it may not be comfortable. The least comfortable thing is that it might involve destroying that was old, In order to bring transformation and restoration to the new. That God always makes something new. That in order to make something new, sometimes you've got to get rid of the old or break the old mold. And that is something that is so powerfully strong. So, one of the things also could be that we may have to break through our old mindsets of doing things. Thinking through and making a change so that the Holy Spirit can break through and, and move us into a new thing. Third point is how Jesus focused on forgiveness before healing. Now, many of us, when we think of healing, we think of physical healing. But more importantly, Jesus focused on the one thing that is so crucial is that he wanted this man to be brought right with him. Your sins are forgiven friends we are in the business of spiritual healing when we talk about evangelism when we talk about go and make disciples of all nations that is the work of spiritual healing bringing people to be reconciled with God therefore can I urge you that we must always focus on ourselves first that we should forgive so that we may be forgiven many of us are holding on to old hurts and offenses do you now this is a question for you are you actually experiencing and encountering god in your daily life are you experiencing the power of god in your daily life what's holding it back i would say this perhaps one of the things that holds us back is that we are holding on to offenses and we must let that go and forgive so that we may be forgiven so that we may be restored then we can truly rise up and walk that others may be amazed and you will be also amazed okay fourth point these four men if they have not carried this paralyzed man to Jesus, this story would not have happened. Therefore, what is the meaning of intercession? Intercession is really standing there when that person cannot do anything. Like when we pray for somebody or some people group, it's because they are paralyzed. They cannot help themselves. They are spiritually blind, totally paralyzed. So intercession is really love at work. They interceded. They stood in the gap. These four men, they carried this paralytic to Jesus. So my friends, let me challenge you that intercession is love in action. When you pray for someone, and Jesus says, when you, uh, how do you love your enemies? pray for them that is a a work of love when we pray for people so love motivated them to bring this man to jesus next faith helped them to endure this long process of carrying him from the house up the roof bringing him down and the the beautiful thing is jesus acknowledged their faith so when we pray jesus is acknowledging our faith because these people cannot pray for themselves so it is our faith when we carry on praying that we see and what is this faith all about because of our hope in jesus christ to save these people so this is where faith hope and love are in action we have to move As people of God we cannot stay in the church and feel comfortable coming to Sunday services is not good enough you have to pray I'm not asking you to go out yet I just ask you to pray pray for the people who are paralyzed and they cannot see anything they are unable to move and you bring them to Jesus it is so hard to pray no So therefore, intercede and see God do a mighty miracle and you will rejoice because God used you to bring those paralyzed people to Jesus Christ. So what are the signs then of a sincere and authentic faith? I have six things just to summarize. First, Remember that intercession, when you are involved in prayer, whether in corporate prayer or in your personal prayer life, when you pray for someone, intercession is faith in action and love in action. Secondly, prayer comes with what? Faith. Prayer comes with action. Action. You cannot just pray also and not do anything. These four people, because of their hope in Jesus Christ, they actually carry the man physically, the next level. So first you intercede in prayer, and next you act because God tells you to do it. You know, a lot of people are talking about Asbury Revival, right? They talk about this Dr. Liao. But what is interesting is that this seminary professor Right. God told him to wear that sandwich board, walk up and down the streets, and with, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Don't you think it looked very silly? Imagine if I told you, and I didn't tell you, if God told you, carry a sandwich board, go to Penang Road, walk up and down, believe in Jesus, and God told you to do that. Paisé, is that Paisé, is that the correct word? Shy, right? But that is the act of faith right just faith in action but he did it he actually did it you know make the fool of himself but sometimes you know being a christian doesn't mean must have my face it's not about saving face it's about really being foolish for jesus and that is you know very humbling you know christianity is a very humbling religion it's nothing to be there's no place for you to be proud if god is using you you would know because there's no place for pride amongst Christians you are faceless and you're nameless next we must persevere obstacles today that are in your life if you're facing obstacles in your life you're suffering financially suffering emotionally in your relationship you continue to pray you persevere because of your faith in Jesus Christ fourth just a reminder that perhaps we need to change our old mindset Perhaps we need to relook and really be daring and brave to break the roof in order to bring people to Christ. Fifth point, forgive. If there's anybody who's offended you, forgive. Then you will experience healing in your own life as well. Okay? Next, and last of all, the most important one is... Why did these four men go all the way to bring this friend? Because they know that Jesus saves, Jesus heals. Today, even as I close, I would just want to invite you that if you have not, well, we always assume that churchgoers are Christians. I just want to bring the Lord Jesus to you that if you put your faith in him, you can be assured of audacious things happening in you and around you. You will will actually, uh, when you put your faith and hope in Jesus, he is able to remove the shame in you, remove the, the sin in you, and he's able to transform you and restore you to be the person that you are intended to be. You will fulfill your true purpose in this world that will glorify him. My friends, in the end, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Remember that. Because if you want to draw to God, if you want to have a true, authentic disciple, to be a true, authentic disciple of Jesus Christ, you need first to draw near to him. You must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek after him. May Jesus be the one, your one true love, your one true purpose, and your one true desire. Amen? Amen.